0: And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, we've only got five k's to go. You know, we've nearly, we're nearly there. And then once that was obvious that we were going to make it, we were just ecstatic. You know, that last five k's was just amazing, and coming over the line together, and oh, yeah. It and still there's makes a beautiful
1: photo of you two coming across the line with your, I think your hands held or yes, something, but it's yeah. just just sort of magical that moment. Hi I'm Anna Liptak and I've been a fitness trainer now for over 15 years. Over this time I've been privy to witness so many ordinary people achieve so many wonderful things. Through this podcast and a documentary I co-produced I'm Not a Runner I want to share these stories to show everyone that anything is possible if you have the belief and the motivation. Today I'm so excited to be talking with Leanne Parks. When I first became a fitness trainer over 15 years ago, Leanne was my very first client and I'm very proud she is still with me today. Leanne was a very reluctant runner but at 57 she ran her very first marathon. Leanne in this show will share how she did this. So today I'm lucky enough to be joined by the lovely Leanne Parks. Leanne, thanks for joining us today. You're welcome, my pleasure. I'm going to um, start by introducing you as the first person I ever trained 15 years ago.
0: <laughs> Can you believe it's been that long? I can't, no. It's just flown by. It flown has. By. I think you I actually got a check in the post from you. Yes. I should yes. have kept that check. That's right, and it went missing. Yes. <laughs> I think it travelled around South Australia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you're my first, first ever customer, so thank
1: you for that. That's and great. thank you for still being with me, Leanne. Um, but let's get
0: started to you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I am 62 years old, uh, married to the lovely Gary. Uh, We've got four children between us, two of the older ones from his first marriage and then two of our own um, who are all grown up now, Um, one living in New York, one in Brisbane and two here in South Australia. Um, I actually grew up in Victoria, so lived there until I was 30. Um, My family's still there. My working life was mostly secretarial sort of work, worked in a TAFE college and Parliament House in Victoria. And then when I moved over here, I got a job at Parliament House here as well. have always been quite active, played tennis and- um, And still do? Yes, still play tennis. Made a very close-knit group of friends when I was a teenager at the um, local tennis club and we're all still- Really good friends, which um, which yeah is uh, I think probably one of the things that I value most is the friendships that I've made through sporting activities, and you know her time is certainly one of those things as well. yeah, because yeah. you've been
1: with her time isn't her time mm-hmm. for fifteen years. yeah,
0: what keeps you coming back? Probably it's just become such a big part of my life, you know it fortunately, I'm retired, and so when, when I did retire, I needed to really have things in my life that were part of a routine, you know, so that I sort of kept interested in things but also felt that I would become, well, remain an interesting person <laughs> instead of just, you know, sitting around not really doing too much. So the commitment to the classes, I feel so much better when I've been exercising And I've made some really lovely friends through his and her time as well. So So exercise has obviously been and
1: is an important part of your life. Yeah.
0: What does it do for you? Uh, It makes me feel much better, I think. I have to say that in the early days when I was much younger, we would not feel so guilty about going to the pub (laughs) (laughs) after, after we played tennis or, you know, we used to go away for tournaments in the country and things like that. And, yeah, it was, there was always a lot of celebrations afterwards. You have to celebrate. Exactly. That's right. Um, but, yeah, it just, I think it makes me realise that there's so much more that you can do if you just keep yourself fit and healthy.
1: Yeah, and so much more that you can do. Can you explain on that? I think that's a really good point, Mm. that it's not just about the exercise, doing it. It's about what effect it has on your whole life.
0: Yes, that's right. Yeah, certainly feeling better, giving myself or trying to push myself sometimes. Maybe not so much now, but when I first started with you, you know, it was a real effort, like, because I hadn't really been doing anything like that before.
1: Obviously makes you feel better. Yeah. Yep. But what else does it do? Like does it, you know, like I know it got filters into other relationships, yeah. you know, what you do during the day. It keeps
0: me structured, I mm-hmm. suppose, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and there's lots of things that I like to do. Like my husband recently bought a motorbike and, um, you know, he was wanting me to go on that with him. And I thought I'm, I'm really lucky that I can actually get on this motorbike and go. Some people my age wouldn't even be able to get their leg over the motorbike maybe, you know, playing tennis, It um, enables me to keep playing tennis at a reasonable standard. Even just walking up hills, you know, like we were in Townsville the other day. There's no way I would have been able to walk up that castle hill if I wasn't um, consistent with my my activities and my fitness and all of that sort of thing. Yeah,
1: and I think that's really key to Mm. exercise is that, one, you need to find something you enjoy. Yes. And two, you need to be consistent. Yeah. Which... Your inconsistency, I would say, coming to his and her time for 15 years. Yeah. But you know, it's very rare for someone to be with some group for 15 years, mm. because you know most gyms will say you'll only have someone for six to 12 months if you're lucky. Okay. So I'm extremely lucky to have you for 15 yeah. years. Why? 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 Why do you? I mean, there's Um, lots of people in his and her time that have been coming over 10 years. Yeah, come in and out, yeah. Um, But from my perspective, it's interesting to understand why.
0: Well, I think I love the outdoor side of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not keen on being inside a gym, especially these days with the whole COVID issue. So being outside, it's always been local, so I haven't had to travel very far. The range of exercises that you do, you know, we've done lots of different things. It wasn't – I was – lulled into thinking that there was not going to be much running involved when I first started. Well that went out the window didn't it? Yeah Um, yeah, but then you you turned around to me and said we want more running when I did diminish it slightly at some stage. Um, So yeah the variety has been really good and I think the challenge too you know like sometimes we would turn up and you'd make us go up and down the zigzag 20 times or you know different things that initially we would all go
1: Mm, oh, i going to I've got to
0: get past yeah, a lot of that. But you just push yourself and I think that group training for me is the best thing because, you yeah, know, I'm a bit competitive and, you know, you don't want to be not able to do the things that other people do and yes. um, push yourself. There's always someone that you might like to try and beat. Yeah, and not <laughs> even – there's like
1: 70-year-olds in the group and I look at them and think, well, if they're doing that without complaining, mm. I can do that. Yeah. So, you know, having that, that range of people – but I think we've got a, a special community too so yes. I think it's really important for people to find something mm. for themselves, yeah. where, whether that might be. The other yeah. thing I think that, that might be key within what we do is that we set these constant goals yes. and um, events yeah. that you've participated in yeah. which keep the interest and the group and the special and the, the uh, achievement that you mm-hmm. get out of it. Mm. Tell me about some of the uh, trips that you might have been on with me, with us. Well, the first
0: one was the Paris Marathon.
1: So just just on that, Leanne, <laughs> you've just said that you didn't like the running. And I remember probably two years before that, it was very specific. And we don't want to run. We don't yeah. like running. So I had to really pull back because, you know, that my passion is running. So yes. I did have to pull that back in yeah. and rein that in. And then at some stage you switched.
0: Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> I think it was the thought of going overseas to do, you know, an event like a marathon. And then also it was a bit of some of the other girls in the group were so excited about it and, oh, you know, we've got to do it, we've got to do it. And, you know, why don't you come? And I said, oh, you know, I don't think I could. You know, I've, I'd had a knee reconstruction about 15 years before that and had so many doubts. And then the FOMO took over and I just thought, I'm not going to let all those girls go off and do this. You know, I want to be part of this. Um, and yeah, then it just all started to happen. You know, we'd paid a deposit and I'd started telling people. And then I thought, bloody hell, there's no backing out now. So yeah, slowly we just gradually increased our, you know, running thanks to you. And um, I can remember the first time I had to run five kilometres and I was puffing and panting and everything was aching. And I thought, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to do this. But you just kept pushing us. And And how old were
1: you when you did the past uh, marathon?
0: I would have been 57,
1: 57, 58. Your first marathon. And you had never really run. I mean, that's enormous, Leanne, so congratulations on that. That's a huge achievement. And Mm. So how did you do that, Leanne, go from not wanting to run to then signing up at 57 Mm. to a marathon, the Paris
0: Marathon? Yeah, very slowly initially. Yeah, as I said, five kilometres to me was just like, oh, that was so difficult. But then we slowly increased and um, I think you'd had this Sunday runs where we would all, oh, you know, meet that. down at the beach and um, run along the esplanade and, you know, some people were doing 5Ks, some people were doing 10Ks. Eventually we sort of got, I remember the first time we did the 10K run and, um, again, oh, my God, this is so difficult. And your mum was at the halfway mark giving Drink. us lollies and drinks, drinks and things and words of encouragement. Um, and, we're, you know, with the other girls that I was running with, we would chat and just just seem to... The time just seemed to go by. But we knew, I think that was probably about 12 months out from the marathon when we first decided we had to start getting serious about it. And over time, we just slowly increased, you know, maybe an extra kilometre each week, more exercises with the His and Her Time group that were probably suited more to us getting stronger in the legs and all of that sort of thing. I did have to try and modify my food and my urge to drink champagne (laughs) or whatever. So, yeah, it just happened over time, I suppose.
1: And so did this is interesting because, you know, I've spoken to a few people now and I've watched, obviously, lots of people over the last 15 years and trained loads of people Mm. to get to a marathon and often people do the um, cross training during the week and then they do their longer run on the weekend mm-hmm. as opposed to some people who go and run and they just run, 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 run. Yeah. And then they end up getting injured or yeah. whatever.
0: Yeah. What, what, how did you do your training? I did with the cross training with you two or three times a week, I think at that stage. Um, we did a long run on either a Saturday or a Sunday, which was sort of, you know, started with the 5Ks and then we were slowly working up, I think, to sort of, 21 k's. Um, we did a shorter run sometimes on a Thursday afternoon, just maybe 5 k's or something like that. But I was still playing tennis at the same time mm-hmm. as well. So I did actually get to a point where I was starting to feel my knee was giving me a bit of trouble. Had quite a few physio appointments, massages. And I think you had to, we had to realise too that we were going to be sore. You, know, yeah. you weren't going to be able to do all that training and not – wake up the next day and be um, sore in different parts of your body.
1: Particularly with your
0: knee. How Mm. did you cope with your knee? The physio gave me lots of other exercises to do, strengthening exercises, a lot of things with the resistance bands and stuff like that. And I just had to really monitor it, you know. I don't think I ended up doing some of the longer runs like some of the other girls did because I had to really – you know, balance. Yeah, I had to balance it with your body. So I reckon the most I probably did was 30 Ks.
1: Yeah. And I think that's really interesting. One that's, you know, it's, that's one really important part is getting mm. professionals around you to yeah. help. But the second thing is to listen <coughs> to your body because often mm. in a group, it's really hard when you're hearing other people might be running 20 Ks and you're doing 15, you think, oh, that I should be doing 20. But for you to get to that starting yep. line, you really needed to listen to your body and you for did sure. that yeah. because often people don't listen to that and no. then they'll do what everyone else is doing just because mm. and then they'll get injured. So that was a really smart
0: and hard way to train because you've got to deal with your head. Yes, that's right. And I think um, that was the thing that was always in the back of my mind. You know, I've had a knee reconstruction. I don't want to you know, get myself to a point where I just can't do anything after this, you know, I want to be able to still play tennis. And so I did have to really monitor it. The physio that I was seeing was really good. Yeah. In the end, I think it was really my willpower and mind over matter that got me through in the end. But I think a lot of people probably say that. But yeah, balance is really important. And I had no time in my mind. Mm -hmm. For me, it was just finishing. I just wanted to finish. And I think we had... I think we knew we had about eight hours, yeah. you know, that we could still run on the, the path that was set out and the roads would still be closed and all that sort of stuff. So I honestly had in my head, if I can just make it before the eight hours, I'll be happy. Yeah. Whereas I think some people will have a, and, and because they're much, you know, stronger and better runners than I ever was, have a time in their mind, sometimes maybe you are disappointed You set yourself up for failure straight away without even knowing. Like like so many people don't even know that they can run a marathon. Yeah. And they
1: put these crazy times in their heads Mm. and they set themselves up for failure because really the whole point is just about finishing. Yeah. And that's the whole beauty of it. Yeah. So that was it for for
0: us, you know, certainly it was just finishing.
1: Tell us about the actual day in Paris. What was that like? Can you remember waking up in the morning? Yes,
0: yes. The night before we had all uh, laid out our, you Mm. know, clothes that we were wearing and we had our special tops, you know, our his and her time tops, shorts and everything was all organised. We'd worked out what we were having for breakfast. Mind you, you know, this had all been happening over months and months, I suppose, the food that you were going to have and there was a lot of obsession about toileting and, you know, all that, which women tend to do. Um, I think anyone does that runs a marathon because it is quite a feat. And we'd heard terrible things about the state of the toilets (laughs) and all that. Uh so, yeah, we there was four of us staying in an apartment, which was not far from the start line. Some of the other group, the his and her time people, came over to our place, I think mainly to use the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and then we all, you know, got ourselves dressed, made sure we had everything, phones were charged up and all that sort of stuff and off to the start line. And when we got there, it was just like, oh, my God, there's so many people. They were just the whole way down the Champs-Élysées so we had to sort of, you know, get into the little group that we were, big group that we were starting with. And, uh, yeah, it was just like looking around at all of these people thinking it was amazing that so many people. From all over the world. From all over the world were going to do this. I remember seeing people, men particularly, just weeing all over the place. <laughs> yes. And it was sort of like, oh, <laughs> go you know, get away from them. Um, And, yeah, the excitement was just sort of building and we were slowly moving forward and then, you know.
1: How did you feel? Were Were you nervous or were
0: you? Nervous but just really pleased that it was about to happen, you know, because it had been a big build-up. And there was um, three of us girls, Jane, Christine and myself, that had sort of made a pact that we would run together because I felt for me that was probably the only way I was going to be able to do it if I was doing it with somebody else. But unfortunately, Christine had had to have a knee operation, I think only about six weeks beforehand. Was it wasn't long, was it? No. Um, so she was unsure how she would go. Anyway, off we went. And I think at about 5Ks, she was really starting to struggle. So she gave us her best wishes. And Jane and I continued on, or we worried about her, you know, like, oh, God, is she going to be all right? I hope she can get back and I hope she can finish. And we just sort of plodded along, you know, and. We really had sort of worked out our pace. We could still talk to each other. You know, we weren't trying to break any records. And just taking it all in. And before we knew it, we'd run 10Ks. You know, it was just like, wow, that went quick. Um, The next 10 probably was a little bit more difficult. We did have to make a toilet stop, which was something... Horrific that I never want to go through again. I don't know what (laughs) happens in those toilets. (laughs) Anyone that does the marathon should prepare themselves for that. (laughs) So I never went into another toilet the whole way. Um, We went under some tunnels and, you know, there was people around on the streets, you know, cheering you on. And, um, yeah, we just sort of plodded along. I think... I think you did more than plotting. I think you might have been running. Well, we were running most of the way. Yeah. And then every time we saw, you know, a photographer on the side of the road or something, that would make you sort of go, oh, yes. <laughs> you know, oh, funny along. with those cameras. Oh, and then you'd get past and go, oh, oh God, on we go. Um, we should have
1: cameras past the cameras. Yeah,
0: that's right. Um, but just taking in the scenery and, and everything, it was just fantastic. And, um, Probably got to about thirty k's, and we both started to think, "Oh my God, we need something to keep us going." And we both had um, uh, iPods with us, or you know, music on our phone. And um, so we both put some music on. And um, I the first song that came on for me was a Jimmy Barnes song, and I don't know what came over me, but I just burst into tears. She was a bit the same, I think, Aww. the music and it made me think of my family and oh, just got all overwhelmed. But that maybe was enough to just sort of get rid of a bit of built up tension and we continued on and we had a couple of the supporters from his and her time were standing um, on the side of the road at one point and, you know, they were waving and yelling out and we went over and had a hug with Terry and John and continued on and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, we've only got five Ks to go, you know, we've nearly, we're nearly there. And then once that was obvious that we were going to make it, we were just ecstatic. You know, that last five Ks was just amazing and coming over the line together and, oh, yeah, it and still And there's makes a beautiful me-
1: photo of you two coming across the line with your, I think your hands held or yes, something. But it's yeah. just just sort of magical, that moment. Mm. Um, so how did you feel when you crossed the
0: line? Relieved. <laughs> Very <laughs> relieved. But just amazed and um, so excited that we'd done it. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't think, even with all the training and, you know, you had said to us You're all, you've all prepared really well, I really still had a little bit of doubt in my mind. So it probably really wasn't until there was you know, maybe 5Ks to go that I thought, bloody hell, we're going to do this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that's like any marathon really because it's such a long distance, you mm. actually really don't know. No. You know, with the shorter distances, you know that you're going to finish it. But over 42Ks, yeah, you don't know even walking whether you'll make that distance. That's right. So yeah. congratulations on such a huge achievement. Thank you. Yeah, oh, thank it's you. massive. Yeah. Um, so um,
0: where to? What have you done since then? Well... I think the next day when we got up the next day after the Paris Marathon and none of us could walk and we were upstairs and we had to try and get down the stairs to actually go and have breakfast, we all said, I am never doing that again. That was just amazing but I'm never doing that again. And then about two years later somebody started talking about the New York Marathon and I thought, nope, nope, not doing that. That would just be ridiculous. You know, I'm older and da-da-da. But at the time, um, Hayley, Gary's oldest daughter, was living in New York. And I thought, well, this would be a good opportunity, you know, to actually go to New York, see her. We had been to New York previously to visit her um, and do the marathon at the same time. And so off we went again. (laughs) Signed up again. (laughs) Oh dear! But that, yeah, that was actually a bit harder because my, I really was having trouble with my knee. So I did a lot of my training on a um, exercise bike. Yeah, I didn't actually do a lot of um, running, and I think the most I'd run was about twenty one k. So I
1: even before had, you left,
0: yeah, had more doubts. But the cycling was very good for my cardio. That's and, right. Um, so yes, yeah, so off we went. Gary and Haley had. Well, I dobbed them in to be on a drinks um, stop, you know, along the way. So that was exciting. Yeah. So, so on this one, you couldn't train because of your
1: knee. knee. That's right. So Mm. you did the training, which is in itself is a mental feat because you're actually on a bike. Mm. I remember this, you actually had to hire a bike or something at some Uh, stage. A
0: friend of Gary's was getting rid of one. And so he, um, he gave it to us. So I had it set up upstairs and I would put some music on and, um, you know, pedal away.
1: So did you have any doubts in your mind that you would be able to do it?
0: Yes, I did. But again, I, you know, hooked myself up with Christine and Marika and we made that pact again that we would stick together. And, yeah, that was hard. I, I did have a bit of problem with my calf probably about halfway through. But they were just, we just encouraged each other and, um, you know, we can do it. Marika's very positive. So I think we ran the last 10 Ks faster than we run the first 10 Ks. Which is the best race you can do.
1: Come home faster than you start. That's like the ideal race. Yeah. So that's incredible. That's an incredible achievement Mm. for for you, for anybody, to be able to run a marathon uh, after such an injury, Mm. like something that you're dealing with. What would be your biggest tips to someone who wanted to run, run a marathon, 57, 60? You know, what would you say? What
0: would your tips be? I think Probably take it very slowly initially, you know the you think if you'd never run, one kilometer is difficult. you know I'd done a little bit of running, but just take it really slowly and give yourself plenty of time to get yourself to fit. train yeah, get your training you you know it's unusual, I think, for anyone not to have an injury of some description along the way. Make sure you've got yourself set up with really good shoes and um you know, good gear, comfortable gear. And for me, a big part of it was the group, like training with a group and, and yeah, having made that pact with people that we would stick together. I mean, I don't know what would happen. If one of us had of just collapsed, what would you do? That's the trouble, I suppose, with making that pact. Do you leave the person? You know, you've done all that training. Maybe you just have to go on. But I was really fortunate, apart from poor Christina, of course, that, yeah, we made it to the end. And, and Christine and myself and Marika ran the New York Marathon together. So even though Chris's experience in Paris was not a good one, she managed to have that fantastic experience in New York. And New York compared to Paris as far as the people on the streets and the enthusiasm was very different. You know? Yeah,
1: you can't replace that to no, New York. No, I was amazed. Yeah, and I always say amazed. that to people. If you're going to run one marathon... I mean, do the New York one. And, you know, I'm now fortunate enough to be one of the only ITOs in Australia that can sell tickets to the New York Marathon. So they are hard to get. And I think there's only four companies um, Mm. that can get you to New York. But really, that's just... You know, that's the one yes, to run.
0: Absolutely, it's like they yep. pay
1: everyone to be on those streets for you. Like I, I think New yeah. York do an incredible job because they yeah. those people stand out there for twelve hours, mm. willing you on. I think they do more work than we actually do
0: as running. They're just incredible. It's they so are special, incredible. isn't it? Yeah, so so special. Yeah, and the route as well. I think you know, like going through the five boroughs, finishing in Central Park. It was just overwhelming. Yeah, again. <laughs> You know, even though I finished the Paris Marathon and said, that's it, never again. And a few people said to me actually when I signed up for New York, well, I thought you were never going to do another one. And I said, well, I changed my mind.
1: Yeah, and that's fine to change your mind, isn't it? So I think the incredible thing about it is that you've always been fit, Mm. but to have these experiences, don't you think that, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but that really rewards you for? Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. For all your efforts? Yeah, And I think, um, you know, playing tennis was, it kept me fit, but it's a different sort of fitness. It's sort of short, sharp bursts, you know, with tennis. You're not really running distances. And even as a younger person, I would, you know, go in sprints at school and um, things like that, but I was never, ever into distance running at all. I mean, you know, in the meantime, we'd done some city to bays, which again, you know, keeps you fit. We did a few of those. Um, I think we did an Adelaide half marathon at one point as part of our training. Lake Tarpo. We've been oh, to. yes, of course. <laughs> well, that al- was fantastic Yeah, too, the Round Island really. and Down Dale, you know. Didn't like hills either, but that was probably <laughs> the hilliest run I've ever done. And that was special because that was in a yeah, group, so that's that, right. that pressure is off you. Yeah. So the fitness um, has always been part of my life, but it's a different sort of training completely different sort of training and a different sort of
1: achievement don't you Mm, think yeah like do you look back on those moments now and think
0: I did it I you did it absolutely and I think too you know when I remember with Paris my dad was still alive and um he said to me now I've seen it's on Foxtel so I'm going to be watching and I thought (laughs) you won't be seeing me dad (laughs) Good luck with that. <laughs> exactly. Like you might see, you know, the all those elite people <laughs> that come through in, what, two and a half, two hours. I don't know how fast they do it in. Like they could have run two marathons in the time that I was doing it. But afterwards, just the um, beautiful messages that people sent and, you know, we're so proud of you and, you know, we did have doubt that you could do it, but that was just so lovely for, to have so much some support from people.
1: And you know what the best thing is? The person at the front who did it in two hours got the same medal. Well, that's true. As you did. Yes. Because that's the beauty of a marathon. Yeah. Everyone yeah. achieves this wonderful feat together. Yeah. We all are able to run. I think it's one of the only sports you can run directly behind the professionals who <laughs> are amazing and incredible. And we get to share yeah. their race with them. And true. we receive the same medal as them. Yeah.
0: Every now and then I look at them, and you know the photo, which is still on display, and i and I do think, how did I do that? But I did it, and I'm really proud of myself that I did it. And you know it's um for the kids, you know, anybody can do anything if they set their mind to it. I really believe that. Well, within reason, I, I should say, you know, like I'm never going to be an astronaut or but you
1: could you be, know. you know, given the right circumstances. Yeah. But, and that's really the point of all of this is that ordinary people mm. can achieve extraordinary things yep, in whatever sure.
0: area yeah. that may be. That's right. No matter what we've
1: circumstances. And age, you
0: know, like we had um, ladies in our group that were 70 and I just think that's incredible mm. that at that age you could do a marathon. Mm. It's amazing. And I know there's people older that do it. You know, there's statistics on people that are in their 80s, and I think there's even been a 90-year-old person that's done it. So, it's not impossible.
1: No, it's really not impossible. Mm. And that's people like you. For, so, thank you for sharing your story you're because welcome. it really does make it possible for some people who think it's mm. impossible. Yeah. You know, having had some of the obstacles you're faced, like, mm. uh, faced, like knee reconstruction and all yeah. sorts of things. So, you can overcome things, and even the injury you had leading into the um New York Marathon yeah. where you needed to cycle. You just have to focus on what you That's can right. rather exactly. than what you can't.
0: Yeah. So yeah. thanks for sharing your story today. My pleasure, Anna, and thank you for making it all possible.
1: Thanks for watching. If you want more, go to annaliptack.com.